What is up, you guys? You are listening to the Pop Gospel Podcast. I'm your host, Chad the Dad, and with me I have my two co-hosts, Aaron Sexton. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. And Casey Winstead. Hello. It's a rock. I don't. I'm sorry. Oh, I, was, I shouldn't have just thrown what? that in your house. Like, like I thought I just, you were like trying to do something for the podcast. He just reared <laughs> back and threw something into this pit over here. Well, I had a rock. There was a rock in the floor, and I just put it to the other part of the room. But I wasn't. I thought I was outside. Uh, I apologize. I will get that before we leave. Dad, go. <laughs> well, you ever accidentally spit inside somewhere? accidentally spit inside like like when i played baseball like you spit all the time and i'm assuming you and so you just wouldn't realize you spit inside no this was like (laughs) in college it wasn't like last month no there was one time i was playing video games and i just didn't even think about it i just turned and went on my carpet and i was like oh no (laughs) what have i done dang it Uh, no there was one time that we were playing a show in this little bar and I always kind of wanted to do that, and all the other Spit. bands did it, so I did it. Like on some, <laughs> like on somebody, or no, like on the around? stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like on somebody, Chance. No, it's like, come no. here, girl. Bleh. No, I didn't like spit on anybody. Just spit right there on what? the stage. I mean, I've never been that I know of knowingly been spat upon. That's so disrespectful. I've though. been spit on. I've been spit on. On purpose. You've never been pinned to the ground and had somebody spit on you. Hecky you know. I'll okay, be, well, be behind bars, big boy. I, I haven't experienced that, but just like <laughs> were they it, like were they like Yeah, they do the line of spit. Oh, oh no. no. The worst. Heck no. No, mine was like the standard like disrespectful. Was it your we were, brother? No. Oh, we okay. were mincing words with some of the kids in the neighborhood and they spat in my face and then my brother That's like the went most ballistic. That's, that's the most aggressive thing you can do outside of like throwing a punch. Yeah. Absolutely. That takes it to the next level. Oh, yeah. No, and maybe beyond. I think, I think the most aggressive thing you could do would either be to throw up on somebody. Throw well, that's up. not aggressive. Or, that's yeah, an accident. Nope. Okay, See, you're like the only person I know that can force a throw up. Speaking though. of throw yeah, up. It doesn't take much, to be honest. <laughs> speaking of throw up, or, Josh Rhodes isn't with us tonight. Because he's or, throwing up. <laughs> you could just, you know. Supposedly. Pee on him. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. You can't. Spit is like, boom, it happened. Peeing is like, hold on. <laughs> like, no, dude. Give you me a second. second. Oh, yeah, dude. No, dude. The night, the night that I went to jail for hitting that cow, there was a kid in there who got mad at this other dude that was in the drunk take, and he just, I mean, it was immediate. Yeah. Was, again, I... I'd still almost stick with spitting. Like, <laughs> I think that's more commonly accepted. The the peeing on people is new. <laughs> I've seen like videos where someone like they get up and hit your face and they just spit. Yeah. I'm like, you just. I will be honest though. If somebody spits on me in the middle of a verbal altercation, it will immediately it become a physical, physical altercation. Well, that's the thing. That's what I don't know though, man. There's something about being spat on. That your natural reaction, like your brain, is it's just going punch. to immediately go. We're fighting now. Yeah. That's what <laughs> it's yeah. like. Ringing the bell. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Ding yeah. ding ding. Because this is biological happening. warfare. Like it is. Oh, and don't you even fired try the first shot. Don't Especially even try if they have like. Mono. And now you're going to catch your hand on somebody during COVID. 
Boy. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Easy there. <laughs> then it is like. I don't know that I want to throw a punch at the person who just spit on me. Obviously, they're out of their mind. Like. Oh, no, I definitely want to throw a punch at them. Well, you're doing the world a favor by beating somebody up that's out of their mind. What if they had, like, Tourette's or something? They couldn't control well, it. they're just going to curse the wow. whole time that you're beating them up. Wow. Which is the same thing a normal person would <laughs> do. say, if you get hit in the face enough, you're probably going to say some words. My- Beyond out. <laughs> Beyond out. <laughs> the thing is, typically, if someone is going to spit in your face, it's because you're already arguing or there's already some kind of And you've of probably already been dispute. spat upon. You didn't realize it when they were talking. Well, that's the thing. Now, is like, when you get into a screaming match, you're going to catch some spittle. But that's unintentional. Uh, now, if some random look. guy... But if you rear back and hawk a loogie on me, yeah, we're going at it. If some random guy is like face twitching and head bobbing and then he spits on you, then yeah, maybe it's just... I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody <laughs> call 911. He's having a seizure. Was that intentional? Now, I stayed the night at a guy's house one time. When I was in like junior high, uh, he and I were not very close, but we had a mutual friend. And so we all stayed at his house that night and I was laying on, you know, those old chairs that kids had in their room that like completely unfolded into a bed. Yeah. It was just four blocks of foam, yeah. but like they stacked up into a chair and then they like transformed yeah. into a bed. Like a door of the explorer. Transformer. Couch. Yes. <laughs> So I'm sitting on that, or I'm sleeping on that right next to this guy's bed. And, like, as we are all falling asleep, I hear him hawk a loogie. I can't make the sound or I'm going to start gagging. He hawks this loogie, and he turns to the side, Uh and he spits it on the floor next to me, and then just reaches his hands down and rubs it into the carpet and rolls back over. I was like, dude, that's disgusting. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I will never be coming back to this house. I already thought he was a terrible person because he watched South Park. So, Oh, my my cousin watched South Park, and I thought I was a bad boy when I was over at his house. I was like, uh, I don't think we're allowed to watch this. He's like, shut up. I was like, I'm sorry. He turned it on and started quoting it, and I was like, oh, no. What have I gotten myself into? It's funny. Like, it's like people Mom, are age, come pick like, me up. That was like the definition of bad. It yes. Was. Oh, you watch South Park? Oh, yeah. you watch Beavis and Butthead? The Simpsons. Oh, you watch yeah. Ren and Stimpy? Yeah, exactly. It was I like, watch Ren and Stimpy. Oh, bad, gosh, bad boy. Dang it. That show was bad, terrible. I'm not a bad boy. You were. You no. just talked about how you spent that night in jail. I mean, honestly. Well. Well, I wasn't a boy then. Was you a were a murderer. <laughs> I well, I did murder. Yeah. Him. No, the cop murdered the cow. I just emaciated him. Is that what the word is? I don't know what that word means. Let me look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aaron's just throwing words around on the podcast. I, I I'm hope, tired, man. I hope that means not what you thought. <laughs> Has no clue. Abnormally thin or weak. Well, after I hit him, he was. <laughs> What word were you going they should for? Have an, I almost they said decapitated, have, but I didn't know what it would be for like arms or legs. They should have an Macy's Day Parade, and it's all just a bunch of little skinny guys walking around. <laughs> what? An Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> That's terrible. They're all spitting on each other. <laughs> oh, man. You need Dad the nutrients. <laughs> Good grief. I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that. 
I don't even know what brought that up. Sometimes I spit in my garage. That feels like inside. It's not, but like I'll be working on like. I'll be honest. Something. I really just don't spit that often. I could do it right now. I used to spit all the time in high school and in college, <laughs> and now it's like. The other day we were running through the front yard. I was with Tinley and Taryn, and we were running through the front yard. And I actually like got worked up enough that I had saliva in my mouth, and was like, "God!" And I spit it on the ground. And then Taryn stood there going, "Yeah, trying to always good when kids do it." No, I. The only time I really spit's first thing in the morning. You know, you gotta get that junk out of your mouth. Yeah, I just brush my teeth. You nasty. Well, I do that too, but you gotta get the initial coating out. Yeah. What? Uh, what well, are you doing? You know, like spitting. Like you have like snot and stuff. Just yeah. All right, Aaron's Aaron's about an eight on the throw up scale. Let's go ahead and move away from this. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting real close. <laughs> Dang it! I was telling Chad the other day. I was like, <laughs> he was leaving work. And he was like, I gotta run by the store, and I was like, oh, I gotta run by the store too. And he was like, why are you going to the store? I was like, I have to go get Drano. He was like, why? I was like, well, the other day. I was brushing oh, my teeth God. and I'd eaten pizza and apparently I digested all the oh, pizza. I accidentally pushed the toothbrush too far into my mouth when I was scrubbing my tongue. I threw pizza up in the sink and it clogged it. You didn't like scoop it out. I he tried. tried. <laughs> I tried to scoop it out, but actually I just shoved it down in the drain and it's now. So, some pieces were so small that they got away. So dead gum. So you can say that and feel fine, but I talk. We talk about like the morning Ooh, clear just, out. Okay. And it's, I'm just telling you what happened. Oh, CC, what happened was. Yeah, what you know, you was know what? God gave Aaron the weakest constitution <laughs> of anyone in the world. You know, it needs a little draino. New Orleans needs a little draino. <sighs> oh, gosh, take it. A little cleanup down there. Uh, the entire state of Louisiana. Yeah, the route, I've been there twice. Neither time was enjoyable. The route that we went, we stayed in Mississippi for the most time, and I don't know what's worse, but mm. we then just kind of dipped into Louisiana. We went for a, a vision trip for this summer. We're taking a group of students there, which um, might not be a great idea. Well, I, I mean, the you didn't pl- catch a good vision when you. Went there. No, I caught a great. I caught a great vision. I'm like, oh no. I'm like, these people need Jesus. But show. I just tell one thing about where where. So this church we're working with, um, they're a church plant and they meet in a bar. And so the bar is a full functioning bar. Uh, Sunday night through Saturday evening, and then Sunday morning they have church in there, and it's in this place called the Healing Center. And so when wait, I, the bar is called the Healing no, 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 Center. No. Oh, okay. the, the, it's like a it's like, it's like a whole a it's a whole building. Oh, the building okay. is owned by this voodoo priestess, and it's like there's these idols. Oh, that's not weird at all. No, no, no. There's like physical therapy, so it's like a place where people go for healing, physical therapy. There's like this voodoo thing. There's like a, and then they go to the bar. There's a bar. <laughs> there's uh, like a grocery store upstairs is like massage therapy, like acupuncture, like legit stuff, not like sketchy. Okay. You know. Well, I don't know. Not like uh, what's our boy from Houston? <laughs> what's the quarterback? I can't even. He just got traded to Cleveland. Oh, Deshaun Watson? Deshaun, not Deshaun Watson type massage parlors. Just... Wait, I'm sorry, wait? What? What? Yeah, you know, they had all the accusations coming no, about him. No, going no, in... no. You don't know about that? He went to Cleveland? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's I don't know Cleveland. that. Baker doesn't know where he's going. Right now, nowhere. Wow. Yeah, back up. 
I don't know. Anyways, so there's all these there's all these healing things Ballsy in there. Ballsy move, Houston. Ballsy move. Yeah, well, smart move, Houston. I mean, he was going to get him off our books. But... Oh, this happened 20 times and you were innocent? Gotcha. <laughs> oh, so this is something that is fresh. Yeah. Yeah, he just <sighs> got like acquitted. I don't know. They're like, yeah. all these people were like, oh, yeah, he was inappropriate with me. And then he goes to like court and they're like, innocent. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> There were like 24 girls who were like, yeah, gave him a massage, he was inappropriate, and all kinds of things. Like, And then he just, he just nothing. Like, no big deal. And now he's at Cleveland. I'm like, what? Well, that's how it works for celebrities, right? Most of the time. That's also how it works for Cleveland. Oof. Yeah. Oof. I'm sure the massage parlors are different in Cleveland than they are in Houston. But anyways, all that to say, it's like a legitimate, like, normal massages, not like okay. weird massages, you know, like... Anyways, we were there and walking around and parts of the parts where we're going to be serving is like the parts you hear about on the news and stuff. And like if you ever watch Pitbulls and Parolis, they have, my wife is obsessed with it. (laughs) Anyways, they have this place. It's a dog rescue. Okay. They started in California. They moved to New Orleans. They have Pitbulls that they rescue. They hire Parolis to do the jobs of walking dogs and all, all types of things. Anyways... It's right there. Like, I drove by. I was like, oh, look at these. Sent pictures of my wife. She was excited. Anyways. So, did you meet the voodoo queen or? No, but if I said uh, a voodoo priestess, what do you think this person, I'm going to pull him up. What do you think when I say a voodoo priestess would look like? I imagine the lady from Pirate to the Caribbean. Yeah. Okay. Like dreadlocks, dark makeup. Yeah, eyes with no pupils. <laughs> yes. Eyes with no pupils. Soulless eyes. Yeah, that's and funny. Really, really, really she, dirty. Uh, Long fingernails. I've got to find it. Let Looks like she's it. just been outside rolling in the mud. Or planting a garden with mulch if you're my wife. And she probably dresses like she's from Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, she dresses pretty normal. Uh, well, that's a let down. When you meet her, you'd be like, you should be like, what well, kind of voodoo do you do? I don't want to meet her because the way that she's like Ukrainian and then something else. I thought we were in support of Ukraine. It's totally wow. fine. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> but what he said was, like, unless you feel like led by the spirit, like, I wouldn't go try and talk to her about Jesus. Like, he's like, you can see, like, the demons in her. I'm like, and so, okay. <laughs> I just want you to ask her what kind of, just be like, well, now I want to go. Do? Go. Come on, man. We're looking for volunteers. Come on down, chat. We need some strong men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Well, never mind. I won't say Well, okay. So, what I know about New Orleans is I know about, like, you know about Mardi Gras. You know about Bourbon Street. And then you know about Hurricane Katrina and stuff like that. Right? Of course. And so, what, if and, I if I ask you a location. Yes. Holly Grove. If I asked you about a location. In New Orleans, what would you say? Like, if you were like, oh, I know about this place, the blank. Oh, the French Quarter. And there's one other. Have you heard of the Ninth Ward? That was, like, where yes. all the levees broke. It yes. was, like... Oh, yes, yes, yes. The very, like, the projects. Anyways, I asked the guy. I was like, hey, man. Because we're right outside the French Quarters. I'm like, where are... Where's the Ninth Ward in comparison to this? He's like, oh, you're in the Upper Ninth Ward right now. I was like, okay, cool. Like... 
Great. And so it's cool, though. They've rebuilt a lot of that down there. But it just, when you live a little bit further south of the sea level, it just kind of has a smell always. Mm. And it's like, mm, what is this that I smell? The ocean. I described it Fish. like I described it like if a pee took a poop. That's kind <laughs> of what it smells like there. Pee pee poop poop. Listen, I, I mean, I pictured a little green vegetable doing his best, <laughs> struggling to. Oh, <laughs> not a split pea, not a pea in a pod. If, just, if, just a wee little pea. Just a wee little pea. No, no, no. Like uh, Aaron's boy in jail peeing, then took a dump. Oh, gosh dang it. I think it's time to say why. Well, I mean, I can tell you more about New Orleans if you want to know. No, that's... I talked to a palm, like I talked to a palm reader. That was cool. Take a poo. Did you? I went I went in hands down. She went up to her and I was like, you ain't looking at my palms. You went in hands down. I said, hey. What's your favorite thing about New Orleans that most people don't know? She just looks at me, right? I'm like, you can tell the future, right? Like, she's like got tarot cards and all that stuff, and she just looks at me. She's like, you can ride the ferry for four dollars. I was like, <laughs> okay, respect. Like, Sounds that's like practical, a good time. you know. Yeah, that's a great thing about New Orleans. Four bucks, man. Good I was God. like, where's the ferry go? She goes across the Mississippi. That's it. Mm. She's like, yeah, but there's stuff over there to do. Mm. Totally normal. Where's the fairy go to visit the pee? <laughs> to visit the pee. <laughs> Poor little guy. <laughs> He's the just a little bit constipated. <laughs> I'm just, I'm gonna draw it up for you, man. I'm gonna get Photoshop marked. I up. wish you would put that on a shirt. <laughs> That's gonna be our first birthday. The pee, the pee poop pod gospel <laughs> podcast. Next thing you know, he'll be leaving us a review. Hey, Peapod Todd. Peapod Todd? Dad it. Well, that is a good... Pod God Todd, we know you're listening. <laughs> we do, we know, for sure. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Anyways. I get that little out. <laughs> I just wish I had my computer right now. I'd, I would already be working on it. Photoshopping yeah, it. man. I would knock uh, that out real quick. So, anyways, that is a good segue, Casey. Thanks, man. So, guys, what what we're going to talk about today um, is I, I just kind of realized a couple weeks ago uh, that, well, I didn't realize. I have been going through a lot in my spiritual life, in my walk with Jesus, whatever you want to call it, um, learning a lot, growing a lot, changing a lot. Um, and I said a little bit about that on Instagram, uh, a couple weeks ago about why I'm not on Instagram anymore. And I said, I was going to explain it. And I just kept not having time to sit down and make a video to do that. So I figured the podcast would be a good space to do that because we have never really had like a Hey, let's talk about where we're at spiritually on the podcast. Uh, and I think it's an important thing to talk about. I think a lot of people don't understand that Christianity is a 
lifelong thing that you do. Like, it's not like the day that you believe in Jesus, you become a better person and stop doing all the things that you did before. That's not a thing. And that's why a lot of people think that Christians are fake. Uh, but it is, it, it's a process of transformation from the inside out to look more like Jesus. Uh, and then of course, ultimately to enter heaven when you die. Uh, but so I just wanted to kind of give us this time to talk about where we are at individually, spiritually, uh, where we're growing, all that good stuff. I mean, you don't have to share any struggles or anything on the podcast, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give that a go and let the listeners know where we're at and maybe even give some insight on places that they could be searching their own selves and uh, maybe growing, give them some resources maybe that we've used or whatever. So yeah. I'm going to open it up to you guys first and then we can just kind of ping pong back and forth and discuss. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll go first. I mean, I'll go. It doesn't matter. Well, to be quite honest with you, I'm at a place of struggle, but not in the sense of like, I guess it's not in the sense of what you think struggle would be. It's not like I'm struggling in my walk with Jesus. I'm struggling to truly walk with Jesus. Does that make sense? Like, again, I've been thinking about this since For I sure. found out we were talking about it and trying to kind of form a cohesive, coherent thought. And it's just like, I... So, like, not struggling to do the things to be a follower, just struggling to be, like, in step with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and... Because so much of this, so much of what, especially Chad is talking about, has just never been taught to me outside of the basics of you know once you get saved your primary objective is to read your bible pray and then be an example and you know evangelize right but you know bible reading was to help with that they just kind of introduce you to bible studies and prayer is just like you know pray for what you need and and all that kind of stuff and so to really like when we started going through John Mark Comer's podcast and I went back to a book that I read in college. It was my favorite book that I read in college called the spiritual disciplines for Christian life by uh, Donald Whitney to just understand, like to, to, to come to the realization that, you know, like Comer says, first Timothy three fourteen, train yourself for godliness you have to train yourself like it's not just this thing that's going to happen and for me that's been the struggle is going my entire life believing and being told that if i do certain things there will come a day when it's like the heavens will open the dove will ascend and the spirit will be upon me and always wrestling with why hasn't that happened yet mm. been you know? a christian a long time <laughs> right, well yeah it's like i've been doing you know and i've been a i've been a student ministries pastor for 10 years and 
you know, it's like just working my tail off and struggling with I'm I'm teaching these students to, you know, follow Jesus and yet I don't feel like I'm filled with the spirit on a daily basis, you know, like what has been described to me, you know, or what has been shown through the charismatic movement and all that kind of stuff where you're just like so enthralled with God that like, you know, you're just on a higher plane of, of thinking and existence and, and all that stuff. And it's just like, I think, I think that stuff is almost a detriment to those who genuinely seek the Lord in spirit and in truth. What you know, stuff, to be clear, is a detriment? The emotional side of things. Okay. Just the emotional, like, you know, oh, I read my Bible and I just had, like, this moment where everything became so clear. And it's like, that has never happened for me. Like, nine times out of ten, when I open my Bible, I'll go, that is good stuff. But it's not like I have that feeling or that feeling of the, the presence. It's not like... I immediately get like this overwhelming sense that God is there. And, you know, it's just like, it's like having a conversation with a friend almost. And it's never been, you You don't feel like that when we talk? No, dude. Oh. You never get as excited about things as I do. But anyways, so yeah, it's been just a struggle to kind of rewire my brain to go I'm not just going to wake up and be filled quote unquote with the spirit and just be like you know I feel like when we say that people have pictures in their minds of like just a Christian like Gandhi or something like that that's just well, like all oh. here's, here's what I think though like you talk about that but I think you are filled with the spirit like because just knowing you and like naturally like if you weren't a believer i feel like you'd be a miserable soul right and so i think you are but the way that it's been described to us and portrayed is right. not like oh this is the thing right it's not but like i see like the markings of like the spirit on you and like the way that christ flows through you but the way that we see it is like oh it has to be this or the way that people talk about it right it's and almost so, like that. Let me share my testimony where I was a crackhead. Right. And I'm like, oh, I grew up in church. And so, right. yeah, and so that, feel... that's, that for me has been the struggle is seeing that, yes, I am filled with the Spirit, but it's not like I have been taught. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and that's the thing. The communication and the presentation does not match the reality of the right. thing. Like when you believe and you put your faith in Jesus, you are filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Right. And you have the whole right. of the spirit, but it's presented to us like you are a cup. Right. And if you do the right things, you will get a little bit more poured into right. you. But it's not that you have the fullness of the spirit inside you. And it's a relationship right. that you work on and develop. Right. And so you can be a better friend of the spirit. You can know the spirit more. You can right. be closer to the spirit, but it's not like he's never, it's like he's, it's not like he's not there if you're not doing the thing. Right, exactly. You know? And so it's like it's just been this struggle of kind of coming to that realization, um, and what that really means to be in the spirit and to notice when, you know, like the spirit is prompting me and things like that. Because again, I think we just have in our heads and it's so overplayed where, you know, 
like I read in Acts about, you know, Philip being carried to talk to the eunuch and then he's whisked away and it's like bye yeah it's like that's yeah it's like that's probably not gonna happen with me but not with that attitude it's not I do get like I do (laughs) I do get feelings of like feelings that I just wouldn't normally have Mm. like I'll be sitting around and instead of me wanting to look at Instagram I'll go man I should probably text this person hmm and it's used, and it's not a person that I would text. Yeah. On on a regular basis, that kind of thing, you know, or like instead of like trying to rush through moments to get to what I want to do, as far as like coming home and being worn out and just doing what I have to do with the kids to get them to bed so that I can chill out. It's like enjoying time I have with my daughters and and things like that and just slowing down and taking that in and and so that's been you know an interesting really beneficial struggle but you know another another thing that I'm another place that I'm at is just this learning to abide Hmm. Um, you know Jesus says I'm the vine and you are the branches if you abide in me I will abide in you and then he says if my word if you abide in my word, then I will abide in you, you know. Um, or he says, if you keep my commands, I will abide in you. And when we think about the commands of Jesus, that's almost really, I think for a lot of Christians in America, in Western culture, that's a really ambiguous statement. Like mm. when you think about the commands of Jesus, what are the commands of Jesus? Exactly. That's what most people do. Well, you right? said that you're to love others the way that you know right. love your neighbor. Right. And then, okay. But again, the other command is to. I mean, his biggest command is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But then you look at his life and what he modeled and how he commands us to do that to to follow that model of life. And so, learning that my learning that training in godliness which is training to be close to God requires more than me spending five minutes reading my Bible every day and just a few more minutes in prayer and learning what it means to sit in silence and solitude and to meditate on God's word and to, you know, focus on scripture memorization and to, you know, develop a heart of, of service and, it's not like I'm perfect at all these things. That's another like that's the that's the struggle of the other side is like just trying to train myself in godliness. Mm. You know, like the example I would use is be like working out. Like in the beginning, when you work out, you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. You know. Of course. It's like Andy from Parks and Rec, where he tries to get into <laughs> running and he gets to the end. He strips off all his clothes. He's like, This is awful. I'm dying. Everything hurts. Like that's yeah, kind of how I feel right now doing all of this, but. I feel, and I know that Christianity shouldn't be based on feelings, but I feel so much closer to God than I have in a long time. Mm. Because I feel like I am just more attuned to what He truly wants from me in our relationship and in the relationship I have with my wife in the relationship I have with my children, in the relationship I have with the students that, um, you know, 
put in charge of to steward and shepherd and things like that. And then getting to and, and starting to see things happen that I have always wished would happen and on my own tried to make happen. Yeah. Um, but they're finally like coming to fruition. And it, I think it's just a sign of like, you know, God being like, see, if you are faithful to me, I will be faithful to you. You yeah. know, and, and I have, I could write like just countless stories of students that I never thought would do something coming to me going, I want to do that. I want to lead worship on Wednesday nights. I want to play guitar on Wednesday nights or I want to be on the leadership team or, or whatever. That stuff is starting to happen like on a weekly basis. Mm. So yeah, that's where I, I'm at. Just, just, just struggling to kind of pull myself out of what is portrayed as walking in the spirit and understanding what it truly means to walk in the spirit. And like Casey said, realizing that I do, but because that has been so hyper spiritualized that I've always felt bad, quote unquote, that I wasn't Mm. struggling with that. And then struggling to train myself in godliness. Yeah. Well, and, and and I'll, I'll kind of, come out of what you're saying but you know the hardest thing for us is you know we are to be imitators of christ and that's what scripture says and so when you imitate perfection but you aren't perfect you fall short and so i try to be mindful of that not that it's okay hey i'm gonna mess up and i'm gonna not look like this but the bar was set so high like if i'm just pursuing godliness and righteousness and i am the person who says all right god like, what do you have for me? What are your desires? And then I am I am chasing after that. You know, I want to be sure that I'm just going in the right direction. And so I think about, for me, you know, you asked about, you kind of sent us a text and was like, hey, what are you, you know, what are you reading? What are you, you know, studying? And I, I'm paraphrasing here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe what are struggles? Um, you know, for me, the way that I break down my... Um, today, today, this is what I do. Uh, my, you know, just time with the Lord. I, I, I think a lot of times pastors get into the rut of study time is, uh, self time. And I had to, to make sure that I separated that because what I would find myself doing is, oh man, I'm really like a student of this. But I don't feel like this is what I need to be hearing right now in this moment. I, I'm studying this, but then that's the end of my growth. And it's only for, and everything I do is through the lens of teaching and preaching. Mm. And so I had to, to separate that. And while I do study for sermon prep and things like that, I have my own personal devotional time uh, that flows out of discipleship. And so in my discipleship groups, I disciple a group of guys uh, I read ahead of them, uh, but like I, today I finished the book of Mark. And so uh, it's a New Testament. Robbie Gallaty does the foundations yep. thing. It's it's an awesome tool. Um, I'm going through that. And actually what I do is I, uh, I'll i read through the scripture twice. I read through it once. Uh, just So today I did Mark 16. Read Mark chapter 16. I read ESV. Um, I read through that. And then on my computer, or on my phone, I listen to Streetlights Bible. I don't know if y'all are familiar. Yeah, dude, um, I love Streetlights. Streetlights is just a cool <clears throat> tool 
to help you hear and and what they do is they read the NLT and so the NLT is different from the ESV but as they read that there's things that you know I'm like oh yes like this is this is different in this translation and hmm. you know you, you're reading through the the ESV and it's talking about Cephas and you're like oh Cephas cool and then it's like oh and Peter said and you're like oh yeah Cephas is Peter okay like cool I now I'm tracking, and so it's just another thing where I read through that, and then I pick things up. Um, I use the here method to journal, you know, uh, highlight something that was important, explain what it means. Um, A is apply. Uh, how can I apply this to my life, and yeah. then R, what's my response to this? And, and let so, me interject and plug for anybody listening. That's the new foundation, or it's the foundations New Testament, new Testament, Testament yeah, two Bible, the yeah. two sixty Bible and reading got plan, a, and they've got a full Bible from um, Robbie Gallaty and Candy Gallaty. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a great, and it's not the the only way, but for me, um, I like to have structure, yeah. yeah, and that's what we do with our students. And so, sorry, see, continue. we do the same thing. I do what you do, yeah. and I taught my students. To it, do the it's same thing. and it's good, and it's it's um, it is really good. And the thing that's so cool about Scripture is. God's word is active and living. And mm-hmm. so as I go through scripture, man, there's things that like from one day to the next can mean totally different things and apply to my life differently. And so, yeah. you know, I'm spending a lot of time right now in the minor prophets. Uh, we're doing a series in the minor prophets, which is one of those things that like we, we tend to neglect. Uh, it's not up there with like Leviticus, but it's, <laughs> it's up there. It's like, this is weird, right? Like you've got Jonah and you've got Amos and Hosea, but other than that, you're kind of like, eh, okay. Like th- that's fine. Like go do your thing. And so like last week I taught on Haggai and it was just like, I was, I was like, and you know, Aaron, like you, you, you're getting ready like for a sermon. You're like, this might be a turd. Like yeah. this could be bad. And I had more response from students and, and kids texting me mm-hmm. after. And I'm just like, okay, God, like I see you, you know, right. like, that's the moment, and then and then take that on Sunday. I did a prayer prayer time for during the service, and I just brought that up. We sang the song "Promises," um, and coming out of that, like the Lord put on my heart, like all right, like just revisit the Haggai thing and revisiting that. And I had somebody reach out to me that's close to me and just say, "Hey, like you know what you said, I could tell like the Spirit speaking through you, and this is something that I'm now going to do this week because." of what you said. And so those, those are things that for me, um, that's like, that's what I do. You know, now what I struggle with, um, what I struggle with is as a pastor, um, my relationship with God, I feel like is always, um, in direct correlation with the ministry that I lead. And you may feel like this too, Aaron, where it's not like people are like, Oh, you're not spending time with the Lord, but I feel a little bit inept when somebody maybe comes to me and, and, tries to help me or say something or rebuke something and i'm just like oh cool 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 like so do you think like i'm not you know spending time in prayer and you think i'm an idiot yeah like that's you know and that's that sounds silly but that's how i feel sometimes i'm just like do these people think and then i kind of get in my head where i'm like well why why are kids why was this kid why did he not come back and why is this girl why does she off doing this and and it's like oh man like and and I I kind of beat myself up and that's not how God functions or operates right so like me as a vessel let me take the message and I'm like Lord please just don't let me screw this up right like yeah. I want to clearly communicate the gospel weekly 
and I want people to understand biblical truth. And so last night I talked about Jonah. And then she talked about, you know, you were you were kind of sharing like your heart, like, man, for me, I feel like Jonah where God's like, go to Nineveh and I'm like you I'm in New Orleans and I'm just like, Yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be really tough. But I'm like, these are the people who need to hear it. And Jonah mm-hmm. goes so far out of the way and he even is like, You just kill me, it's cool. Like, I don't ever want to be that person who's like, man, if you could just, like, take me out of here. Yeah, like, if you could do anything but use me. Yeah. Um, And even then when God uses, I don't want to be that person who's on the sidelines like, stupid. Like, and being upset because God's, like, redemptive hand is at work, you know. And and hopefully I never become cynical like that. Um, I know that that is... You know, just being honest as ministers, like that's that's a reality where cynicism is real. Um, you've got kids that are tough to minister to, hard to love, uh, but ultimately those are creations of God, absolute masterpieces. And he says, like, but but you are to you are to minister to them. Um, and I feel you on that, like being in the spirit and and leading out of that. There's so many times where I'm just like, is this me? Or is this like of God? Mm. And you need those subtle reminders where a student will text you back and respond. And yeah. there's there's the next steps where it's like, okay, right. like, thank you, Lord. Because right. I, I think I'm walking in step with you. And I think I'm seeking and pursuing you. But am I just selfishly like, eh, this, yeah. is, this is cool. This is a cool sermon series, you know. We're doing like the Minor Prophets. I was like, hey, since... I want to teach about minor prophets. Our students are just like, oh yeah, we know some, but I was like, how cool would it be to do like a baseball theme? And it's a season in the minors and I love baseball and I'm like geeking out on it. Mm. And I'm at the minor league field and we're shooting a video for a bumper video and it's this cool thing. And all the games are baseball themed. And I'm like a four year old, you know, I'm just, (laughs) I'm so hyped, but I'm like, what if this is just me wanting to do me you and, thought of a good idea yeah. and now you're just and running now I'm with running it. and everybody's yeah. like this is so dumb why are we still talking about baseball <laughs> and i even asked last week i was like are you guys cool with like the whole baseball thing because honestly after the bumper video it's no longer about sports it at has all. zero you know we're like all right hey yeah and it's like hey jonah and so next week it's yeah. amos and it's like okay so I, I feel that though that that rub and that tension of like being a leader um but then I, th- I think what we tend to do as, you know, pastors and as ministers is and we put ourselves like so high up and God's like, I just need you to be obedient. I don't need you to do all the other stuff. Like yeah. you don't have to elevate yourself. You right. don't have to be something you're not. And so for me, another area of struggle just in transparency is a um, just a spiritual leader to my family. You know, mm-hmm. I try to do the, hey, you know, my wife loves to be like, like, you don't have to be a pastor right now. Like, you know, and it's just that moment of like, or she'll be like, don't use your preacher voice. Like, right. Dang and, it. and so like, you know, there's real life struggles and, and troubles that we experience. And it's like, okay, what, what am I looking at this as? Am I pastor Casey or am I, you know, just a dad? Am I, you know, there are days where I just wish I could just take it all off and just be, like, normal and not have these convictions and, you know, like, 
I should have led this way. And so, you know, for me, that's a struggle. And it's not that I'm not doing it. It's just that, like, I, is this is this who I really am? Kind of like you said, like, is this me or is this me being the pastor? And I right. feel like the obligation to do, right. um, you know, and so just seeking righteousness, pursuing God. All right, God, as I lead my kids, I've got an eight-year-old who I, I feel that tension of, like, man, I... I'm having gospel conversations with her. And there's questions I could ask where I'd be like, oh, let's pray a prayer, you know. But I don't want to do that. Right. I want it to be I want it to be an organic thing. I want her to know and that to be her choice and not like, oh, well, you know, here I am. I, you know, I asked Jesus into my heart. Now I'm a Christian. Right. Like, I, I've, been, I've been reading a couple books, um, and then and kick it to you, Chad. Uh, the Unsaved Christian mm-hmm. is a book that is incredible. Um I read that. It's super good. Dean and Sarah is is like punch you straight in the gut because you're just like, hey, as we talk about church and the the society of church, so many people have missed what it is, and so you getting a phone call there, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. We're getting this weird little like sound. Oh, it's it's demonic. It might be trying to break this up. Uh Rebuke you, Satan. <laughs> uh, I'm, so these are the three books that I... Well, I just finished The Unsaved Christian. Uh, I am reading Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. Dude, that's uh, such a good one, J.D. Greer. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm on top of that reading um, Sustainable Youth Ministry. And so those are the three... And the Bible. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I'm reading these books and it's kind of like... <sighs> like crashing all in. I'm just like... Oh my gosh! Like, yeah. and so my heart is like every week I want to be like, oh look at what it says in Matthew chapter seven where he's talking about you know people who they they call upon the name of the Lord and you're not even you're not even saved and it's just like like this you know I stand before Christ and I'm like oh, I don't even know you and I have mm-hmm. this like conviction of like how many kids how many adults are yeah. walking around church with the country club mindset, you know, and then how many people truly made a profession of faith and then they don't have confidence in that. And they just, they they just continue to just like miss out on what God's trying to do because they can't just accept the fact they are a follower of Christ and they, they continue to go back and be like, Oh, I need, I need to be saved. I need to be this. I need to do that. And so, yeah. And then sustainable youth ministry. I'm just like, ugh. I'm doing it wrong again. <laughs> yeah, I can't read youth ministry books because I'm like, well, I guess I'm just too, too late to start. I over. guess I'm just dumb. Yeah. Like, but so, like you were saying, I Aaron last year would not have done what Aaron did this year, which was like, so I started a series called Afterlife. I did one message, and then we did our youth retreat, and on that youth retreat, I talked to so many kids that were just like like personally told me like I just want to know what it means to be close to God I want to know how to be close to God mm. and uh, you know and Sana, those are the best like a like, yes like camp like event like side conversation where kids are just like dude I just yeah I see no more I'm like give me all those conversations yeah, yeah. I, will, I will not sleep to have those conversations oh yeah throughout the night. I'll be up all night long, yeah. and and especially when it comes from kids that you don't expect it to come from, yeah. And not, and I don't mean like kids that, you know. Oh, they're bad. 
Well, no, I like because I've had conversations with kids that have like grown up in church and then come to the realization like I've just sure. done this my whole life and that's because it's what I do and now I want to give my life to Jesus and I love those too because I was that kid. Mm. But kids that like. I have had a struggle every week. Like, just pay attention, dude. Like, pay attention. Stop being dumb. No, don't throw that. Like, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And then you get them at a retreat, and, man, something just clicks. And they're like, I want to know what it means. Yeah. And so, we we I did that one message. We went to our retreat, and then I just had this overwhelming feeling after having all of those conversations that we weren't doing the series that we needed to do. Now, old Aaron would have been like, okay, fine. I'll just finish this series, and then we'll go into what I think that we need to do. But that would have been like six to eight weeks later. I feel like everything that God had done in them, not that it would have been gone, but that I would have wasted the opportunity to not, speak into that mm. you know or take advantage of what god had started and kind of fan that flame yeah and so we came back and i was like look i know we just started a new series last week but we're going to start another new series this week <laughs> and i said and it's because of what i said this you guys have told me this from your mouth so this is what we're going to do yeah and then it's like i do the two messages i did two messages about being committed and you know what it was going to take like the hard road the narrow road and all that stuff and i was like man I hope I'm not turning them off or whatever. And then last night I talked for an hour about reading your Bible. And Kristen was like, I was like, what did you think about the message? And she's just like, that was really good. I like this example, whatever. But last night she's like, well, it was long. Mm. And I was like, I just felt like I had so much to cover. And so I was feel, like you said, I was feeling like, man, is this just me or is it, or is it the spirit? And I got a text from a parent this morning that legitimately said, I don't know what you said to them, but... All they want to do now is read their Bible. And again, it's one of those kids that's like, please just pay attention. Like, yeah. you yes. Know. And I'm like, you have those little nods where God Thank lets you. you yeah, it's Lord. just like, oh, God, praise. Yeah, that's awesome. Praise his name. So Yeah, I have a, I have, and, and for real, Chad, then you're talking. I have a kid <laughs> who kind of, not a troublemaker, just a knucklehead. And that was me. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. like, dude, I see me in you. Yeah. And causing, mm. like, stress, and I'm just like, <sighs> and then we do applications for mission trips, because we're like, hey, we want you to know there's, like, there's more than just signing up and right. then getting on the bus. Like, we have expectations. We are setting the bar with this thing in New Orleans. Like, that, we need to know that you're going to listen to us. Like, hey, we're not going outside after dark, and that we're not going to be acting silly, and yes. we're not going to go try and, you know... <laughs> verbally assault the voodoo priestess and whatever mm. like <laughs> and so like you know like that'll run a trip um and then like on his application it's like i just i just wonder if like maybe this is god trying to show me that i'm supposed to be um like maybe he's calling me into missions and i'm like what i'm like are you kidding me right now like right. And it, but it's genuine it's like from yeah. a heart of like i want to go because i'm exploring that call and i'm just like okay Right, like, boy. I'm sorry for being upset at you. Why were you being such a turd? <laughs> Dang it. Well, so let me get these things out of the way real quick. The things that I will be mentioning throughout are the foundations Bible study. Yeah. Uh, two books: uh, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and Live No Lies, both by John. Bro, Comer. you got a Comer 
corner over here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and then he's a fanboy. I am. I did for read. Real. I did read Live No Lies. And then the John Mark Comer teachings podcast. Now that podcast, dude, which is put out by his new ministry called Practicing the Way. Uh, so I, I guess back a little bit before Christmas, uh, Josh Inman, former podcast co-host, uh, turned me on to the foundations Bible study. Okay. Now for me, that has absolutely been just, are you, you doing the new Testament one? Yeah. Yeah. It's been so pivotal for me because I, you talk about training. I have trained myself to not do those things, right? I have made a uh, repetition. What What's the word? You wake up in the morning and you do routine. certain things. Routine. A routine. I have made a routine in my life of not doing the things I'm supposed to do. Like right? intentionally because you're a bad boy? No, like, like... like <laughs> you tell yourself before bed, you're going to wake up early and go to the gym. And then you're going to spend time in prayer and Bible study. And then you're going to eat a healthy breakfast. And then you're going to go to work and you're going to do your best all day long. And you're going to come home and you're going to, you know, love on your family and play with your kids and, you know, take care of your wife and help her take care of the kids. And then you're going to do another Bible study before bed and you're going to pray and then you're going to do it all over again. And you wake up in the morning and you hit snooze on the clock and then you start your day like you do every other day. You get out of bed late and the whole day is just shot. Yeah. I have made a routine of that. And so consistent time in uh, prayer has never really been an issue for me. I pray all the time. Uh, I'm be praying, but, but <laughs> Bible study for me has been a serious issue because I'm not a book guy. I don't like to read. I have told God a million times. I don't know why you chose to make this the best way to get to know you. And I'm not happy about it, <laughs> but like, if I got to do it, this is what I want to do. And so anyways, Having that formula from the Foundations Bible Study, which is that here formula you talked about, yeah. all it is is you read a passage of Scripture, uh, one chapter, and you pick something from it that stood out to you. You highlight that, and by highlighting it, you rewrite that verse, and then you break it down with an explanation, and then you write out how you can apply it to your life, and then you write out some kind of response, which for me, I typically just write out like a prayer. Yeah. Uh, and so it gave me a way to not just read it, not to read it like it's fiction or entertainment, but like to actually read it for comprehension. Mm -hmm. And so that was just huge for me. And I started to have those feelings of when I read scripture, it was like I was being taught something and it was like, Oh, this is huge. And like, Oh my gosh, I I don't know how I've never seen this before, but like I've got to start doing whatever it was I just read, you know. And so then piggy, piggybacking off of that, uh, I had heard about this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and I had heard a couple people say that it was good or whatever. And so I, again, not being a reader, I got it on Audible and I listened to it and it was just insane. I'm, I'm not a terribly busy person. Like I know people who are busy. I am not super busy and I'm go with the flow. Like, but where 
it spoke to me was a the idea of apprenticeship to Jesus. Okay, so you used the term being an imitator, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about following him. So Comer in this book breaks and in his podcast breaks down what being an apprentice to Jesus means, which is another word for disciple. And essentially all it is is saying you follow Jesus, you do well he has this little saying that they now use at their church as kind of their mantra. It's uh, to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what he did. So in in the, in the first century, Jews, uh, they would, from a very early age, they would start studying scripture and memorizing scripture. Right. And then once you got to a certain age, it was like, okay, now the rabbis are going to come around and they're going to pick out the best of you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to train under those rabbis. And so if a rabbi came and said, follow me, that meant he chose you. And that meant you went with him everywhere. Wherever he went, you went. And they had this saying, and it was like, what a blessing to be covered in the dust of my rabbi. So in other words, you're so close with him that you're following him everywhere he goes, and the dust he kicks up is on you. Right. Uh, and so he takes that, and he paints this picture of apprenticeship to Jesus. And it's not just what I have envisioned being an imitator of Jesus is, which is like, be nice to people essentially was kind of what I equated being an imitator of Jesus to be, but it's so much more than that. It's looking at scripture, mainly the gospel or well, essentially just the gospels looking at those and the time that Jesus was alive and what did he do? Okay. Do that. What did he not do? Okay. Don't do that. Like Jesus fasted and (laughs) the Bible tells us that we should fast. But nobody teaches on it. Oh, and, yeah, what else you got? And I, <laughs> like, and I have never made it a practice to fast. No? But so, n- no. Never. <laughs> I mean, you can tell. But, and, and he he goes even further and he's like, and not fasting from your cell phone or social media. Like, those things are just abstinence. But like fasting, starving your physical flesh to build up your spirit. Uh, so fasting, time alone with God, extended amounts of time alone with God, not that, you know, that that thing that we kind of... Not that five minutes in the shower. Yes, like yeah. I, my entire youth... Or I, or I drove to work with the radio off today. Yes, yeah. my entire youth group life, I was told, just give God five minutes in the morning. Which it's like, yeah, sure, that's a great place to start, but that's not what we should be doing. It should be that... I'll say this, you can't overcommit to God, right? Like if you canceled everything else on your calendar and spent your whole day with God, that would be a good thing. Well, I mean, you can't do that every day cause you'll lose your job. But so it was this idea. Know, we could keep ours. Well, yeah, you guys could keep yours. <laughs> it's this idea that you are literally taking what Jesus did, what he said, all of the whole of those four gospels and his story and his history and you are doing your best to mimic that. And that was just mind-blowing to me. It was like, okay, well, there's all these things that Jesus did that I'm not doing. Uh, and so 
to begin to practice those things, and that's the spiritual disciplines. The, the easiest way to describe spiritual disciplines to people is the things that Jesus did while he was here on earth. Uh, it's prayer, it's uh, Bible study and uh, memorization and meditation. It's silence and solitude. It's fasting. It's, uh, I'm running out of steam here, but (laughs) there is a list. Evangelism, it's service. Yes, it's evangelism, service. Um, And so anyways, there's that book. I should have listed that at the beginning. The Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney, Mm -hmm. correct? Uh, Which is a great book if you want to check out spiritual uh, disciplines and what that means. And so the, all these things kind of thrown together just began to radically change my life. And that, that, that is why I'm no longer on social media. Not because I'm too much like Jesus to be on social media. That's not it at all. It's that I'm so unlike Jesus yeah. that I can't be on right. social media. Because if I am on social media, my phone will remind me every Sunday that I spent six hours a day on Instagram and four hours a day on TikTok and all these different things. And it was stacking up all that time that I was spending entertaining yeah, it's, myself. It's off. Yeah. <laughs> spending all this time entertaining myself and almost no time working on the spirit inside me. Yeah. So, somebody told me today and it was talking about things in, in ministry, but I, I, when he, when they presented it to me, I was kind of like, okay, but I took it a different route Hey, what are your passions, mm-hmm. and then how are you pursuing them? And so, like, hey, Chad, what are you passionate about? Well, I'm passionate about this, this, and this. Okay, well, what are you doing to pursue those things? And if mm-hmm. the things you pursue don't line up with your passions, then that's not really a passion. Mm-hmm. And so I think Absolutely. about us when it comes yeah. to our time with God, like, oh, I love the Lord. Okay, so no, what, are you, you don't. what are you doing to spend time with Him? Yeah. Oh, well, I've got you version yeah. or I do this. And it's like, well, if you truly desire, and this is like, this is where I'm at. Like if I desire to spend time with the Lord, if I claim to be a believer, if I claim to be, you know, someone who's going to convey truth to people mm. like, and the gospels changed my life radically. Like, okay, so well, put your money where your mouth's at. Yeah. Like, what well, are you pursuing? And that training plays a huge part in that. Like yeah. you said, when you start working out at the gym, you do not love yeah. it. But eventually you do. Eventually you love to eat healthy. Eventually you love to be in shape. Uh, same thing with God. You're not going to start out loving spending extended times in prayer and Bible study and meditation and Bible memory. You definitely won't enjoy fasting. But if you make it a practice to do those things, if you train yourself in those things, it will become right something that you desire that you crave because that is how you draw closer to God. That is how you walk closer with the spirit. And so my life has just been kind of in a whirlwind spiritually because it's almost like I had never been taught anything other than pray and read your Bible. It it was almost like, it was almost like I had zero foundation. Yeah. And there's a scripture that, references this in I, I want to say it's one of the Corinthians where Paul says, You have been a Christian for so long, but you're still drinking milk and you need right. someone else to teach you. Right. You have been a Christian so long, you should be eating solid meat and you should be teaching people. Yeah. And that's where I found myself. I was like, man, I am still sipping on <laughs> baby milk like right. and and I need people to teach me and I've been 
I've called myself a Christian. I believe I've been a Christian since I was 13. I'm now 32. It's like all the time wasted. Now, I don't think that God is mad at me for that. I think, if anything, he's celebrating the fact that I've kind of woken up. Um, but the the idea, and we see it in James, that faith without works is dead. Like, I've been taught my whole life, believe, 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 believe. And if you try and do anything, stop it. Yeah, because that's legalism. Yes, but it's not that. It's not doing things to get saved. Right. It's not doing things to get into heaven. You are already saved. Right. The doing things come out of your yeah. love for the Lord because of your salvation. Right. Yeah. Well, talking about so, yeah. talking about Comer, like my favorite quote that he said is, "God is not opposed to effort, only to earning." Yes, and absolutely. So, what I what like what all of us are talking about doing is putting forth effort and growing our relationship because we want to know God and be close to God, not because we're trying to earn anything from God. And that's what I was gonna mention. Like the thing that it's done to me is um I I like to read, I like to read my Bible, I like to study my Bible. And I'm at a point now since doing this, specifically doing the um foundations NT 260 or whatever it's called. Um, if I don't read my Bible, it's not like I feel guilty. I just miss it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I miss having that time. Whereas used to, I'd feel guilty. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. You know, but now it's like, man, I just miss that. I miss having that, that time and, you know, and so I'll try and make up for it other places or, you know, just make sure like the next day, like I'm, I'm back into it because I don't want to, to miss that. And it's done, you know, another thing that is a spiritual discipline is like living simply. Mm. And that's another thing that I'm, I'm, I'm working on doing. Like I'm slowly going through my closet and like selling off shoes and like I sold my Xbox and cause I just looked around at my life and I was like, I don't use any of this. Mm. Like my Xbox has been sitting there. We, I mean, I played video games for forever and then hit a point when Taryn was born where I would try and play as much as I could and it went down to like just occasionally and then we just kept it because in order to have it, like in order to have Hulu and all the apps and stuff on our TV, yeah, we had to have it. And then I was like, but I can get a Roku box for like 40 bucks. And so that's what I did. And I sold my Xbox and helped fund my trip to go fishing in Oklahoma, yeah. you know? And it's like, even looking at social media differently. Like I, I still use it, but that's because of the, the fishing thing. But the fishing thing has become more of a, you know, Oh, let's do fishing stuff. And like, I have built awesome relationships with people. I would just never run into on a day to day basis yeah. and gotten to do ministry with them. And, and I've made, like I've made several youth pastor friends who do the Instagram thing and we talk ministry. We don't talk fishing, you know, we support each other's pages. But we don't talk fishing. Like we're shooting game ideas back and forth and talk about summer camps and all this stuff. And so, you know, it's just looking at, that's what I'm trying to explain to this, to the students. Cause that's what we're doing in this series. The series is called follow me. And I'm just going to teach them to spiritual disciplines because that's what Jesus meant when he told his disciples to follow him. I'm going to teach you these disciplines yeah, so that you can be close to God. See, and one of my favorite 
quotes from Comer was, Jesus did not lead by command and coercion. Yeah. He led by example and invitation. Yes. When he told them, come follow me, we think of it as just like walk behind you. Right. But they knew it as we're going to go with you and watch what you do and learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... I'm, I'm not going to quote Comer. I'm a, y'all like to put catchy sermon points down. This is what I was typing <laughs> as y'all were talking. So I put salvation takes a moment. Sanctification takes a lifetime. Right. Like this idea of, man, the, the moment that I, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus is like that, like an instant. But then the idea of being set apart, that takes a lifetime. Yeah. That idea of, of I'm not going to look like the world, but I'm going to look more like Christ and pursue the righteousness. Right. That's a daily battle. Yeah. And I wake up and I choose to pick that and follow that. And being a follower of Christ is simply, like you said, it's not just walking behind you, but it's saying, okay, I want to do the things that you did. Right. Yes. I want to love the least of these. I want to, I want to put the needs of others above my own. I want to tell people about how good you are and, and I want to make known your name. And so like, you know, ask me tomorrow what my struggle is. It's probably different from what it is right. today. And like, mm-hmm. as a believer, that's why you have to have community. You have to have accountability. You have to have people come alongside you right. and say, hey, like, like the fishing bros, like, hey, man, I know where you're at. And, you know, one of the one of the reasons that I do the podcast, I know everybody thinks it's for the fame. It's not. Mm. It's <laughs> for the brotherhood. Like, the, the, yeah. the ability to... To just have a friendship with guys who are where I'm at. Yeah. And, you know, people think it's crazy that, you know, Aaron's the youth pastor at the church that I used to be at. Like, but we're cool. Like, right. you know, for the longest time, we're like, so you're going to fight? I'm like, why would I fight this guy? Like, right. I love this dude. And he's, I, I love the church that you're at. And, and right. I tell people, like, you should check this out. Like, I don't. I don't I don't know why and where it became this idea that it's like my church, your church, like this is the bride of Christ. Right. And we are called to protect that and then equip people to care for that. It's like, no, no I don't want to solely this. Like, if anything, I want to build that up. Yeah. And like, so I, I think that's funny to me. And students, just, it's different, like different maturity. Yeah. But yeah, for sure. Like, I love having this moment. And so right. selfishly, the podcast for me is just a chance to just be myself and you know i might pay for that one day but it's poker we, night without the poker yeah I mean, right it's exactly what it is it's yeah. just the, the free thoughts and the the ability to laugh and have a good time yeah, and absolutely you know moments like this where we're like hey we all have the things where when we are pursuing christ you know our struggles look different but we all desire the same thing right. so knowing that you have that and chad has this and all right, let's let's work together. Let's have that right. You know, cooperative movement take place. Cooperative program. No, no, <laughs> CP. You're, but so what you're, you're saying dollars. about about salvation, and sanctification, that's been something that you know you're reading. Stop asking Jesus into your heart and all yeah. that. And and we we deal with students all the time that have the same story. Well, I gave my life to Jesus when I was in children's ministry or at Bible school or whatever, but for whatever reason they they say that wasn't legit that kind of stuff you know and like that's kind of my story but i legitimately did it out of fear and not out of faith like i was just like well i don't want to go to hell because my papa told me about hell and i was like nope 
That sounds don't want to go there. <laughs> not a place what do I, I got to do to get away from that? And so that was my that was my ask Jesus in your heart moment. But my true like put my faith in Jesus and follow Him moment was when I was sixteen. And I'm like you, like we have so confused salvation with sanctification that people feel like well because people. You know, they feel guilty for not following Jesus on a daily basis. They're like, yeah. well, I must not be saved. And it's like, that's not true. Yeah. You are saved. Your eternity is secure. You're just stagnant. Yeah. Like, and you need you to get need, moving. <laughs> yeah. You need to begin training. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like you got the gym membership. You just need to go work out. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're in. Just do it. You just got to do it. Kind of thing. Because yeah, I, I don't. To the gym. Right. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe in rededication at like big events because they have that now. Like used to, it was you had your salvation call and then your call into ministry, and now they've added this other thing where it's like rededication. I'm like, I don't believe in that because rededication is what you do every single day. Right. It's a struggle every single day. You wake up and you commit to following Jesus. So you're telling every me there's not going to be on those cards this summer? I n- never had them on my card. Well, at Super Summer they'll uh. be there because <laughs> I'm not the one in charge of that. But boy. That is a decision, and that is a number. Yeah, but if I counsel a student who's like, I want to rededicate my life, I'm like, okay. Do it. Yeah, like, right now. And that do was it tomorrow. A, that that, that was a day. popular thing in the 90s, man. I'm playing the 90s for that. I yeah. just want to rededicate my life mm. to the Lord. Can we sing Sanctuary? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, prepare me. <laughs> oh, I sing that okay. to Tinley at night when we're going to bed. That's funny. Well, we got to get out of here because we've run way over, and I'm just hoping that we'll be able to upload this much audio. <laughs> be fine. Uh, just do it. Just speed it up. And then I had a brain fart. Hey, I hope you enjoyed the episode. We're going to get out of here. Uh, wherever you're listening, let us know. I will download Instagram tomorrow, and I will post about today's episode and then i will delete instagram but if you want to message us the next week when i download it again to post i will see your messages uh we're gonna get out of here i'm chad the dad i'm still not superstitious but i am a little superstitious casey wants to still not drafted in the nfl this year and we're out peace